All the latest business news from WA, delivered daily. At close of business, news briefing. Good afternoon and welcome to the At Close of Business podcast. I'm Isabel Vieira with your Friday afternoon headlines. Perth Mint's ex-leaders failed to grasp their obligation to taxpayers as the organisation made forays into risky products in overseas markets, according to the state's Auditor-General. Fronting a federal probe into Gold Corporation on Friday, WA Auditor-General Caroline Spencer outlined an organisation that was acting without proper consideration of its owner, the state of Western Australia, by 2019. Mrs Spencer said Perth Mint had at times become defensive and deflective and that adventurous forays into offshore and online products such as EFTs and the Gold Pass trading app had opened up the entity to more risk. In the years under Sam Walsh's board leadership, as her office turned a laser focus onto the organisation between 2019 and 2022, Miss Spencer said the Mint had improved engagement and was working well to resolve its risk issues. Miss Spencer said she had not come across any evidence of money laundering during her audits of Gold Corporation. She said the organisation appeared to have maintained a strong focus on Australia's gold mining reputation. To read the full story, visit businessnews.com.au. In other news, the City of Perth will not bear the cost of a hydrogen refuelling station proposed for construction on Thomas Street in West Perth under a partnership with ASX-listed Frontier Energy. Lord Mayor Basil Zemphilis announced the plan yesterday but did not go into detail on allocation of costs for the facility, which would be the first public station of its kind in Perth. Speaking to Business News on the sidelines of the World Energy Cities Partnership event today, Mr Zemphilis confirmed the city would provide the parcel of land on Thomas Street under its agreement with Frontier with the hydrogen developer to foot the bill for the project. Mr Zemphilis said the parcel of land on Thomas Street had been slated by Main Roads as a candidate for road widening, meaning a short-term solution was ideal for the space. The Lord Mayor said Frontier's expression of interest of turning the land into a hydrogen refuelling station was viewed as a way of using the land in a meaningful way. The project remains subject to approvals and final investment commitment. Business News understands the state government has not been involved in planning to date. And lastly, a large work camp has been erected at Exmouth's Harold E. Holt Naval Base for what is believed to be a sorely needed overhaul of several critical military facilities. Eyewitnesses have reported trucks carrying dongers through town to the submarine communication station over the past month and satellite imagery shows a large camp-like structure taking shape on the old baseball diamond out the back of the base. Business News understands Georgia Group has won a major contract with the Department of Defence at the facility. However, no public information is available via tenders or other government documents. A Georgia Group spokesperson said the company could not speak about its work in Exmouth prior to its client doing so. The camp is estimated by passerbyers to accommodate between 150 to 300 beds, though the department did not verify these numbers when asked. A department spokesperson said the temporary workers' accommodation at Harold E. Holt is currently under construction. The spokesperson said the temporary camp will mitigate any impacts to existing tourist accommodation in Exmouth. For the full article, visit the Business News website. That's all from me. Up next on the podcast, Jack McGinn and Liv de Klerk discuss improving sustainability in building designs. Stay on top of the latest news stories that are impacting your business, industry or sector. The New Look Business News app gives subscribers breaking news alerts, access to editions, articles by category as well as our advanced data and insight search function to find projects, people and companies. 
It's your mobile portal to the latest intelligence on commerce, politics and industry, wherever you are. Stay informed at critical times and download today. Visit businessnews.com.au forward slash app, download on the App Store or get it on Google Play now. Welcome back to At Close of Business. I'm Jack McGinn and today I'm joined by Liv DeClerc. Liv, how are you? Well, thank you. How are you going? I'm really well, thank you. It's Friday. It's a good day. Liv, in the recent edition of the magazine, you led our special lift out covering environmental, social and governance issues in business, or ESG as we know it. Uh, This issue was about sustainable builds and you wrote about building houses in environmentally conscious ways. What are the main things that are kind of hindering people from choosing to build sustainable housing? Well, for this article, I spoke with a real estate agent and sustainability consultant, Kiara Pasifisi. Uh, She currently runs an organisation called Green Gurus, which she founded in 2009, and she basically educates and consults on this better housing design and inspires people to seek out sustainable housing choices. So in conversation with her, she said the major impediment to this adoption of sustainably designed homes is a perception that it comes with a really high price tag to build, Mm. which apparently is not actually true. So designing and constructing buildings of this sustainable nature is really pivotal in the development of homes that can withstand time and preserve the natural environment and save resources and money as well through energy efficiency. And so despite improved understanding and implementation of sustainable design, Kiara said that there was still a long way to go to make this a priority. And yeah, she said the assumption that sustainable design was expensive had to be debunked. She said the cost actually shouldn't be any greater than non-sustainable builds, given many design principles are already required to meet the current mandated six-star energy efficiency rating that's set by the National Construction Code. Mm. Right, that's really interesting. So what is it that actually makes a house sustainable? Can you talk me through some of the the main features that will make something sustainable? So it's primarily the residential buildings that are designed to avoid unnecessary energy consumption. These ones are ranked with a high star rating from the Nationwide House Energy Rating Scheme, or NAPHAS. Mm -hmm. The ESD um, utilises design principles such as orientation and the building materials to mediate the temperature of the housing. That's the main thing. So that air conditioning doesn't have to be used as often. When I spoke with Kiara, she said that orientation is vital as if you can set up your main living area facing north, you're already halfway there to being really sustainable. And not all blocks can be facing north, but there's a lot of ways of optimising properties to have that orientation. And then, of course, there's the house design and the building material selection. So the design of the building should have a cross-flow ventilation, which will bring in the ocean breeze through the house and cool it and get that energy, um, the heat energy that's stored in the peak of summer out. And then the building materials work to lock in heat energy during winter. And this means that air conditioning doesn't need to be used as frequently. Green Gurus has been educating people on these benefits of retrofitting existing houses as a really inexpensive and viable sustainability option as well. So when I spoke to Kiara, she said that the National Construction Code doesn't mean it has to be a brand new house. You can actually just do a renovation or an extension that meets the six-star requirements. It's interesting that you can retrofit a home as well. So let's talk about cost. Um, You mentioned earlier that it doesn't actually cost as much as some people might think to make a house sustainable. Yeah. So when I spoke with Kiara, she said that the retrofitting aspect is easy and it's the cheapest. And apparently you can do it for between $10,000 and $15,000 for a simple 120 metre 
120 square meter three by two and some people think it costs a lot more than it does but it's not linear it actually depends on what you do to the house so speaking with Kiara she said converting an inefficient two-star house to bring it up to a six or seven star rating would create a more energy efficient home while also increasing the value for future sale as well so there's that monetary benefit at the end of the line as well and there's five or four or five things I think that you can look at to upgrade and make a home more sustainable and that includes the main energy guzzlers in Kiara's words which are the hot water system and then the heating and the cooling and regenerative development and building resilience are the two main areas of focus for adaptation planning to strengthen our housing stock for the future. Liv, it's a, it's a really interesting piece and obviously it's it's a major issue and, and something that a lot of people will be talking about over the, the kitchen table at night. Thank you for joining me and sharing your insights. Uh, our listeners can find this one in the most recent edition of Business News. In the middle there, we've got the separate ESG section, which you've done a great job on. Um, so it can be found there. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. The latest business news delivered daily. Subscribe and rate the show wherever you listen to your podcasts. For all the latest business news, visit businessnews.com.au.